Hello and welcome to the AIPT Comics Podcast, episode 251. We're over the hump. We crossed the <laughs> Rubicon. We did it. We're never going to talk about numbers again, ever, until we're close to 300. Until we're close to 300. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's a brand new era. We got new music. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got uh, yep. 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 We got new guests. And we it's got... It's the new uh, 251. It's the 252. The new 52. The new 251. <laughs> DC Comics reference, folks, if you don't know. This is the AFC Comics Podcast where we recap the biggest news of the week. We talk mm-hmm. about our favorite comics every week. And we have special guests on, too. This week, Kyle Starks joins us to talk all about Pine and Merrimack. It's a new series out January 3rd. The FOC is Monday, tomorrow, mm-hmm. if you're a comic shop owner and you like what you hear. Because we dig really deep into this detective noir-style yeah. story. And we talk other things, too, like The Killer. <laughs> David yeah, pictures the killer. Good bit about the killer. Some yep, uh, yep. some some peacemaker and wild dog talk. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. a fun chat for sure. It is. It is the second time Kyle's been on the show, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's a great guest, and yeah. uh, I think he's a great writer. Have you ever, if you've never read Sex Castle, do yourself a favor, go get a copy because uh-huh. it is hilarious. Absolutely. But uh, before we get to that interview, let's recap the biggest news mm-hmm. of the week. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> if there was a theme to the news, it is creator owned is king. Yeah, and it seems you, that way, uh, right? If you're part of the uh, AIPT newsletter mm-hmm. and you read the newsletter on Saturday afternoon, you'll know that the subject was the same. Because <laughs> I write that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Creator Road is King. And we're going to start with Mark Millar, uh, his Millar World, uh, which obviously has this deal with Netflix mm-hmm. and has been uh, a staple of Image Comics for many, many years, mm-hmm. is changing hands. The imprint is going to Dark Horse in 2024. And yeah. A bit of a shock because he has been at Image for so long, mm-hmm. trucking along with multiple creator-owned series. Uh, just finished, but then also just not had a big shock. game and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's also not a shock too, though, because Dark Horse can, is just every couple months opening up a new label. Matt yeah. Kent has Flux House. Kevin Smith has Secret Stash, Stash Press, which we talked about last week if you want to go listen to that interview. Um Eric Powell has his there, yeah. Stan Sakai, and now Millar World. Yeah, it's also, uh, you know, not the best timing uh, for Dark Horse to announce this uh, because a lot of people are very upset with Mark Millar um, for uh, engaging with Ethan Van Shiver and some Comicsgate folks on Twitter. And right, uh, right. not a great look. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like you said, it's always interesting to see Dark Horse taking another big swing mm-hmm and it makes me wonder like do they have a master plan here where they right. have some of comics biggest creators in the, the last stable of decades? auteurs yeah exactly like it's kind of fascinating to me and they must be giving out a better deal is well, probably what's going on that's what it sounds like it also it sounds like the um you know the shows and everything are independent of this deal so uh, mm. the, none of the things that are gestating in Netflix are being impacted by this, it sounds like. Um, and there are going to be new ser- four new series in 2025, yeah. which is, that's also been kind of a weird theme this week. A bunch of stuff has been announced for 2025, uh, you know, from, from Grand Theft Auto to Millar World. Like we're, and right, uh, right. what is it? The, the Dune Messiah or something else was, another movie was announced this week for like 2025. And so everyone's just sort of like, can I... Oh, Superman Legacy, you know. So, like, mm. can we just skip next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Everyone's just dying for 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, also announced in this news was that Dark Horse will be re-releasing mm. uh, titles under their uh, 
their uh, library editions, mm-hmm. uh, including The Magic Order, Nemesis Reloaded, Nightclub. These are all books that were pretty recently published by Image yep. Comics. And they're literally turning them around in, in collected format. Uh that's kind of wild to me because some of these probably still on the shelf under mm. the Image Comics label, you know? Wanted and Big Game bundled together in a library edition, which is interesting. Yeah. So eh, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously be checking out the new titles, or mm-hmm. maybe we won't <laughs> under their course <laughs> going forward. But if yeah. you know anything about Mark Millar, he is very capable of getting some of the biggest artists on his books, mm-hmm. uh, which he brags about on Twitter, totally. about how he steals artists from Marvel and DC. <laughs> like Pepe Larraz, for instance, most recently, and uh, Jorge Jimenez. Honestly, like um, uh, if I can work with all the best artists out there, I'd do it too. I know, right? Uh, It makes you look good, that's for Mm -hmm, sure. mm -hmm. Speaking of making you look good, uh, artist Ivan Rice revealed on Twitter, or actually it was Instagram last Saturday, um, that he is leaving DC Comics. He has been such a staple to DC Comics for so long. One of Jeff Johns' right-hand man when it comes to like Mm -hmm. Blackest Night and other titles like that, and he's even drawing Beast World right now. Right. Well, he's leaving, and now he didn't necessarily say where he was going, Mm -hmm. but he says he's going for new adventures and challenges, and we know that he is part of Ghost Machine, which is Jeff Johns' creator-owned, creator-operated publisher that is launching in 2024. With a bunch of other writers that that Ivan Reese has worked with as well. So it... It seems like a you know a pretty good odds that 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 could be the next the next chapter, but yeah, I mean, wild. we already know I mean, he is part of it. But it's been if twenty yeah. years working for DC or working you know working very closely with DC, so this is a huge yep. shift. And Ghost Machine is exclusive too, so everyone who yeah. works there is exclusive to the company. So that includes like Brian Hitch mm-hmm. and uh, Peter J. Tomasi, who will be yeah. writing a series by Peter Snedberg. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be called Hornsby and Halo. There's a preview on aptcomics.com if you want to check it out. But another Ghost Machine uh, creator. And mm-hmm. I wonder how long the contract's for. How many books can Ghost Machine produce and uh-huh. pay people enough money? But I'm sure that the rates are far better than the big two uh, for something like Ghost Machine. Yeah, I mean, and Hornsby and Halo sounds really fun. Uh, it's, a you know, d- angels and demons and... Uh, coming of age story it sounds like a whole bunch of stuff that i like all together in hornsby and halo nothing less than peace between heaven and hell is at stake as demon daughter rose and angel's son zach are at the center of a cosmic family swap mm-hmm. huh it's nature versus nurture i love it so um, maybe it may be an angel raised by demons and, and vice versa which i mm. think is a fun idea but yeah so uh, this week all about crater owned and uh-huh. we've so i think we've spoken about this in the show before like something's got to give at a certain Mm -hmm. point where if the best creators are going to create our own or doing or launching their own books, like with Rick Remender, what's DC and Marvel going to do? Either they continue to work with folks that are willing to take the low rates or they're going to have to start paying more. And then maybe we can get even better stories out of them. Totally. Who knows? Moving on to Marvel comics news. (laughs) It's a nice transition. (laughs) That was actually. (laughs) Uh, Marvel blew fans away when it comes to X-Men this week. They Mm -hmm. uh, released a bunch of covers and solicit information for books out in March, including uh, titles Fall of the House of X and Mm -hmm. Rise of the Powers of Ten. Um, The Rise of the Powers of Ten cover in particular is a shock. It's wild. 
It appears it is Moira when she met Xavier on the park bench at the start of Hawks and Pox. Yeah. And someone's going to blow her away. Yeah. <laughs> so potentially she never has that conversation with Xavier and lets him know what will Krakoa will be. like. And, you know, fans yeah. are really losing it over this because they, they really do adore the Krakoa era. Yeah. I mean, there's theories already popping up that somehow all of the Krakoa era is going to be erased. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of a grand reboot plan, which would be right. truly bonkers. I, I mean, I know that there is a desire, uh, you know, from what we understand, there's a desire from editorial to get X-Men to slightly more back to basics, but mm-hmm. is this the way to do it? Are we, are yeah, we, are we gonna, are we gonna zero hour our <laughs> Krakoa era? <laughs> Maybe it could be like a, po- a pocket universe where it exists forever, and we can. Oh, so we're gonna like a, heroes oh. reborn. <laughs> the Krakoa. It's era. in a snow globe, and Franklin, who's onslaught, yes. has it in his back pocket. And every once again, he pulls out Krakoa, and he's like, "Hey, check out how horny they are." In hey, there. look at this. That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got some more information about Sabretooth War, which I highly recommend checking out. X Men mm-hmm. Monday this past Monday, uh, Chris Hassan had an interview with Benjamin Percy and Victor Lavelle. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. I think it's going to be a fun... You know, Percy knows how to have fun with yes, action. totally. No, we've got a and lot of it, stuff to look forward to. Uh, with Dead the, the X-Men's X-Men coming out. Dead X-Men mm-hmm. looks really fun. Uh, Resurrection of Magneto is fascinating. Yes, yeah. Because I got this yesterday. Oh, Timeless, which isn't okay. out until the end of December. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I will be keeping an eye out for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... It's interesting they keep releasing all the X-Men solicits early like this. It's yeah. clearly like moving the needle to get the news out on these. And they're really, tr- yeah, they're really trying to, I think there is a, a an effort being made by Marvel editorial to like kind of ease people's fears. Mm. Uh, like, sure. hey, we're still going to be putting out quality X-Men books. There's still more stories ahead. Don't worry. It's It looks like the end of the world, but it's not. <laughs> they also released a teaser for Beast versus Beast. Uh, and it's, it'll be occurring in X-Force. It looks like Benjamin Percy's very long, I'm talking years long, mm-hmm. evil beast story comes to an end. Yeah. Um, and it looks like the X-Force have to recruit a, a beast to stop the beast. Yeah. The the solicit just tells us X-Force confronts beast with their secret weapon, a final reckoning, not a dry eye in the house. Uh, Sounds intense. Now, I wonder... In a couple issues ago, a few months ago, mm-hmm. uh, in one of the data pages, Percy mentioned that the the, the beast on file mm-hmm. uh, in the you know the resurrection protocols was uh, Avengers Beast, yeah, the happy go lucky beast who is best friends with Wonder Man. It would be interesting if they have that beast go up against hyper Hannibal Lecter Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, and in our last bit of news, uh, it was revealed via a few outlets that Steve Ditko's estate and Marvel have reached a settlement over Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. This is sort of comics adjacent, but I think it's important. Oh, absolutely. Um, So the last couple of years, there's been these copyrights uh, that uh, estates have been trying to see if they can gain you know, properties, uh, some value of the properties back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over the summer, most of the characters um, that were up for grabs as far as these lawsuits were concerned, like Black mm-hmm. Widow, Hulk, Thor, these were all wrapped up. But Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were the last ones. In the last couple uh, of years, we've been seeing things like, you know, uh, if Marvel didn't come up with a good enough deal for the Ditko estate, 
Marvel would lose the rights to Spider-Man, which is like such a would be such a massive tectonic shift. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, it sounds like uh, it sounds like they got a good deal, which I'm very happy to hear. The word amicable was used. Obviously, there's no details, but mm-hmm. that must mean the Ditko estate, his family are yeah. getting something out of it. Which yeah. is, I think, really important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I watched that new uh, Mary what is it the mary batman movie oh yeah mary yeah uh-huh very little batman yes uh yesterday on amazon mm-hmm. so strange it's not on hbo by the way uh hbo uh yeah warner brothers is not interested in putting any warner brothers properties on its service anymore and like, it's dumb because it is really good it's, literally i recommend it the batman and suicide squad are both on netflix now because hbo max so is strange. like who cares <laughs> Well, Merry Little Batman, there's a, I just wanted to reference one thing really yeah. quick. When mm-hmm. he, uh, our kid Batman, Damien, is headed to mm-hmm. Gotham, there is a sign, mm-hmm. like, uh, take an exit, and it's the Bob Kane and Bill Finger, like, exit. Oh, fine. Uh, and it was a nice little reference to the creators of Batman. It's so nice to keep, to see Bill Finger getting more recognition yes. in recent years. Like, that has been, yes, that's been for great. For sure. That's it for news. In our next segment, our top books of the week, we're going to talk about our top two favorite comics out this week. Mm-hmm. My second favorite book of the week was X-Men number 29 by Jerry Dugan and Joshua Cacera. Um, This is a fun little aside mm-hmm. in that we get to see Dr. Doom's X-Men, <laughs> which is such a fun idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the issue starts with uh, Xavier about to send a signal to the world about how Krakoa is now a nation of its own and they're going to give people flowers so they can you know, uh, reduce disease or whatever. Mm -hmm. And before he can send the message, which is what happened in the comics a couple years ago, Dr. Doom uh, uses some sort of device to communicate to Xavier, don't you even think about sending your goddamn message to my country, you little bitch. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, holy shit. And Magneto's like, uh, just ignore and move on, which was so funny. I thought Mm -hmm. it was almost like Dugan was saying when there's haters out there, just just, uh, delete or block them and move on. Anyway, the issue does a really good job of introducing a bunch of Latvian mutants with mm-hmm. interesting power power set for a team with some uh, mystery still in there because there's a few mutants we don't really know the powers of. But essentially, we get to see the origin of how Doom recruited these Latvian mutants for his team, train them, and then we get to see them battle. And Wolverine, man, takes a lot of lumps. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it fits so much into one issue. It's wild. It does, yeah. And it's cool to see Miss Marvel in there and Doctor mm-hmm. Doom interact with her because she's on the X-Men now, of course. Right. Uh, just And the art is just insane. Joshua's so detailed. He's just mm-hmm. getting better every issue. And, you know, he was there at the start of the Hoxpox era. And, yeah. yeah, I'm just... It's just stunning stuff. Stunning artwork. What's your favorite second favorite book of the week? My second favorite book of the week was uh, also sort of a team book. I, I went with mm. uh, Marvel Voices Avengers, tw- uh, number one. Uh, which was a, a very atypical sort of Marvel's Voices book. It was. It felt more like just a you know sort of traditional anthology issue. Mm. Um, but uh, you know uh, some some really lovely stories. There's a there's a great one that opens up with uh, Tony Stark acting as a an AA sponsor for a supervillain. Um, there's some really great uh, interviews throughout here. We finally, in a, a really great uh, story by uh, Jason Concepcion, uh, we we catch back up with Robbie Reyes, who's still trapped on the other side of a dimensional wall following the uh, Avengers Forever uh, events. 
uh, a really nice Captain America story that is told from the point of view of a museum employee who is just trying to, you know, be a good citizen. And it, it, there's just a, sort of a thing, a running theme throughout this book of let's take care of each other. Let's reach out our hands and 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 be heroes to people, you know, every single day. And I, I don't know, I just really loved the... Uh, I, I really loved the tone of all of these stories. They went really well together. I love an anthology. And yeah. there was just something about it being just, I don't know, this was such a wholesome collection of stories. Uh, nice. that I, I just really dug it. Yeah, definitely check that one out. Marvel's Voices is always, it always hits really well. And I, I think it's partly because I think we're craving a little bit more in our comic reading experience. Mm-hmm. And to have like interviews or lists or other elements added yeah. in it, it enriches the reading experience. Definitely. Well, my favorite book of the week was The Hunger in the Dusk, number four, by G. Willow Wilson and Christian Wildgoose. Great series. Um, yeah, the fantasy is strong with this one. Um, <laughs> it actually opens with a bard. And, I mean, the bard doesn't get enough credit these days. Come on, guys. No. The guy who makes the music. Pass a coin and... here, Witcher. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> yeah. Pass a coin, whatever. I love that song. I've heard uh-huh. it way too many times via YouTube. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 there's like a book-ended nature to this issue mm-hmm. where we get to see them talking about the bard. He's working on a song. And people are like, ah, why do we even have this guy around? But by the end, there's uh, Wilson does this great thing with captions to kind of say, actually, songs are important because they're it's almost like writing history. Uh, and then meanwhile, we get more information about the villain of this book, uh-huh. uh, the villains, this this new race that no one knows anything about, which is very tantalizing. Yeah. And um, there's some sex. So, I mean, <laughs> you got everything you want in this, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've said this on the show many times. We need more, like, I think, high fantasy kind of comics. And mm-hmm. it's just so rare to get one this pure like D&D style, but in its own way. and its own But also still grappling with like very adult themes and, and issues. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a, you know, these characters are fighting against xenophobia and there's a mm-hmm. romance and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's what you want from a, from a high fantasy book. Absolutely. Agreed. But what was your favorite book of the week? My favorite book of the week oh, uh, no. was also uh, <laughs> extremely fantastical. Yeah, I, I've been looking forward to this since it was announced, and it did not. Uh, it, it did not disappoint. I went with Batman Santa Claus Silent Night Number One by Jeff Parker awesome. and Michelle Bandini. Uh, this is a. a I mean, it, the concept is just so brilliant. Batman mm-hmm. teams up with Santa Claus, who it is revealed is one of the people who trained him in stealth uh, when he was traveling the world before he became How does it not put a smile on your face? I'm, I'm like, my face hurts just describing it. It's so good. Um, but also it, it is surprisingly spooky in parts. There's a there's great mythology they're building with Krampus as the villain and uh, Santa Claus literally comes like flying in on a reindeer, staking vampires. Even the reindeer is like putting its antlers through a vampire's chest and it's exploding. <laughs> um, it's just so goofy and fun. And uh, that's something that Jeff Parker, I think, is so good at is writing comic book ass comic books. <laughs> you know? sure. Like this is such a silly idea that he is treating with the utmost sincerity and mm-hmm. uh, and in and couching it in a in concepts that make sense for Batman, like of course, if he was gonna train to you know slip in silently, 
into wherever he needs to go, he would go to Santa Claus, right? Who else would be better at it? <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is in the book or not. I can't mm. remember, but you know how his parents died? Batman's too? Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember about I've this? heard about this. I've seen it in is it eight possible? movies. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God. The last time it happened, I was like, are you, I actually yelled at the screen. Anyway, that was in the theory. Uh, because his parents died, mm-hmm. was he never told that Santa wasn't real? And, oh, thus... I, and that's why he's still there? I love that yeah! idea. I also like this. They're playing with this idea that Santa, Christmas has existed for so long that Santa doesn't even have to be part of it anymore. He's like, yeah, I haven't I haven't delivered presents in, in decades or something like that. Like there's a, there's yeah, some yeah. really fun world building going on in the midst of this Batman-Santa team up. Also... Um, I don't think I realized Zatanna was like a major character in the book. And I love that too. She pops in with a um, wearing a top hat with mistletoe on it, which is just such a great (laughs) detail. (laughs) Uh, It's a, it's so fun. Super fun. And uh, it's a weekly book. So I'm already like, I don't have to wait super long to to see the rest of the story. I'm so excited. It'll be wrapped up by Christmas. That's right. Just like all my presents. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, <laughs> moving on to our next segment, uh-huh. standout Kapow. moment of the week. Our favorite panel or page mm-hmm. out this week. What was your favorite panel or page? Really loved uh, a page from Kill Your Darlings, number three, by Ethan S. Parker, Griffin Sheridan, Bob Quinn, and John J. Hill. Um, spoiler alert: This is the last page of the book, but one of our main characters gets uh, infected by this. Energy, this evil thing that has infected this uh, this fantasy land, and it's causing him to speak in multiple voices, each of which have different uh, fonts and and stylings. Which is just like the lettering in this page is so impressive. I love the color usage where it's I've never seen like bright, you know, the, these colors that are supposed to be associated with sort of like fantasy and, and, and like almost Lisa Frank esque colors, but they're, they're eerily deployed. Like it looks like there's mm. something wrong with them. It's dripping mm-hmm. from his eyes. He has this freakish aura. There's zombie hands reaching up from the ground. It was just a really striking image to leave this issue on, um, which I, I think this book has been so good about focusing really heavily on character and then raising the stakes right at the end of each issue. I, I just, mm-hmm. I love how this, this book is paced and, um, I mean, I mean, this final image has me like chomping at the bit for next month. Yeah, the use of color there reminds me of um, Clive Barker's Next Testament, where God was oh, like totally rainbowy. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that yeah. was like such a striking image as well. Yeah, nice, cool pick, man. Yeah, what'd you go with? Uh, there were so many moments in Batman number one forty by Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez, but uh, I Bonkers. picked one with a cool sound effect. There's just so many good sound effects in this issue too. <laughs> really there's are. like there's like a scene where he punches Joker, I think, and there's a sound effect between them. Yes, which is so cool. Yeah, but in the almost page, like, I... almost like Joker is being like accordioned away from him by yeah. the sound effect. It's great. And it kind of reminds me of Amazing Spider-Man and the lettering and sound effects in that in mm-hmm. the last couple of years mm-hmm. because it's so big and it's, you know, we know this is comics, folks. This isn't supposed to be like, you know, edgy and super serious all the time. And we're talking about this... Batman, the guy who invented Kapow. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. 
Uh, the page I picked, which you can see if you go to aptcomics.com and go to this podcast post, mm-hmm. um, has Batman punching uh, Batman of uh, Zur and R mm-hmm. of the Frank Miller persona. Um, right. He's uppercutting him, and it says Katoom behind him. Uh, and it's a really iconic moment in the book because Batman is getting the upper hand on multiple Batmans of Zur and R yeah. from different universes. There's even a Michael Keaton one in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just a cool punch with the sound effect that has effects inside the sound effect. Mm-hmm. It's very comic booky, but it's a really cool turning point too in the issue. Um, you know, we're doing with the multiverse here, and even that the our Batman, the main Batman, mm-hmm. cannot be defeated even by super duper evil versions of himself from all these other universes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a awesome, great issue. Awesome stuff. Yeah, the Frank and and the way Jimenez draws the Frank Miller version of Batman Zurinar is it's, so good. It's dead on, right? Like the fingers and stuff, the detailing that like Frank Miller would do. Yeah. Um, it's 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 so like well mimicked. It's really nice, nice yeah. homage stuff going on. Uh, but moving on to our next segment, top books for next week. Mm-hmm. We're talk about our most anticipated comic out next week. I can't wait for Batman City Bandits number two by yeah. Christian Ward. Uh, if you listen to our interview with him about a month or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know we loved that first issue. Um, and he has said number two has make one of his favorite moments in the series so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he's drawing and writing and coloring, and it's just a vision. It's it's just so cool. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what we're in store for here. I think we're gonna get. Uh, Batman below versions of the the rogues. So yeah, yeah the inventiveness is, is there. And then what he's doing with Two Face is so fascinating too. I think. Yeah, I, I I loved that first issue. The only reason I didn't pick this was because I knew it was going to be your pick, and so I wanted to <laughs> wanted to spruce it up a little bit. Nice. But yeah, uh, City of Madness is one of my the number one is one of my favorite single issues of the year, and uh, I just can't Me wait too. to see how he tops himself every week. Hmm. What are you looking forward to? I am really looking forward to Action Comics number 1060. Uh, This is a... The thing I love about Action Comics right now is that it really... (laughs) It's almost functioning as an anthology book every single issue. Like, we're getting so many different creative teams popping in and out with these backup stories and stuff. The main story this month is Superman teaming up with John Constantine, which right there is like... Why doesn't this happen like more times? I'm very, fa- I'm already interested in that. Timmy yeah. with John Constantine, Etrigan, and Bloodwind to try to uh, figure, unravel some sort of mystery within the multiverse. Not 100% sure where it's going to lead. I have a feeling it's tied to the, you know, the newest villain that's popped up in the in action comics. There's some really wild, supernatural, scary swings that have been happening with action uh, in, in recent months. Uh, I'm also really fascinated by the, um, we're getting a new dreamer story as a backup. Uh, we're getting a prelude to the Neil before Zod miniseries. There's just so much packed into this one issue that, uh, that interests me and excites me as a fan of all these characters. So cannot wait to, to, to dive into that quick plug. If you yeah. want to get a preview exclusive preview mm-hmm. of the Neil before Zod backup, go check it out on aptcomics.com. Yeah. We all have an interview with Joe Casey next week as well for mm-hmm. that. I think, I think next week. Um, but wait, hold on. Mm. We got to get to our next segment, which is the best segment every week. Is it? It's the judging by the cover junior, junior. segment where we talk yeah. about our favorite cover art out next week. Yeah. 
what is your favorite cover out next week? Oh man, there were so many good ones. I almost used the aforementioned uh, Action Comics cover. Mm. There's multiple. Uh, there's there's so many covers this week that are so good. There's actually two different covers from this issue that I picked. Sandman number three. Uh, hmm. like Jeff Lemire does a variant that's incredible, but I went with, um, Wesley Dodds, the Sandman number three, uh, Danny did a variant cover that is just so moody. It's the mm-hmm. Sandman walking through a city street. It feels very much like one of the classic Sandman mystery theater covers. Uh, steam. I love a steamy city street and the smoke, you know, <laughs> that could be coming from a manhole or from his gas gun. Uh, the, just the wear and tear on the cobblestones, the, uh, the, the legion of rats that are forming at the bottom of the steps. Uh, I, there's just so much to take in here. It's such a moody piece. And I love the use of, you know, dim, uh, dusk lighting as well. It's, it's, uh, it's such a fantastic cover. Yeah. It could be like a cover to like a pulp novel or something. 100%. Absolutely. It's like realistic yet artistic and not yeah. realistic at the same time. It's, really well, it's one of the things I, I love so much about Donnie's art. My favorite cover is probably a little grittier, a little more dark and disturbed. Um, <laughs> it's for Green Lantern number six. It's the variant cover, the Santa cardstock cover by yeah. Jeff Spokes. Uh, I love this cover when it was first revealed like it's five so months good. ago. <laughs> If you know Green Lantern, you know there's a comic cover where Hal has got all the rings, and he's pure evil. He's like, ah, maniacal. Well, here we have, go to amptycomics.com to see the cover. I know you can't Mm -hmm. see it if you're listening, but Santa uh, with bells and candy canes and bats and uh, and Wonder Woman uh, ornaments on his fingers, and he kind of looks like the Tim Allen Santa, too. (laughs) He does. It's haunting. He's not maniacal so much as like, I don't know, just tense. Mischievous. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to know what the story is here. Like, why is he holding all these things up? Is he like trying to like, I don't know, get our attention? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the homage oh, is strong with this it's one. It's so and smart. It's so funny. When I, the second I saw it, I was like, damn, that's genius. It's so good. So I had to pick that cover. <laughs> Great choice. Thanks. Moving on to our interview with Kyle Starks. Learn all about Pine and Mary Mac. It comes out about a month from now. And FOC is tomorrow. Woo. So on this is Kyle Stars. Kyle, this is your second time on the show. Thank you so much for being on the APT Comics podcast again. Yeah, thanks for having me back. We love it. You're such a busy guy. Um, you've yeah. written so many great stories. I mean, Sex Castle is one of my favorite comics of all time. Um, Thank you. And now you've got Pine and Mary Mac coming out in January. I'm just curious, how long has this story been kicking around in your head? Man, you know, so I'm really a character-driven guy, you know. Um, if you're, so I'm not really like a heavy, heavy, heavy plot guy. I always think all those things sort of interweave like this, but this this plot is one I've been sitting on for a while, and it's gone through some iterations um, where it just wasn't right, um, which is always, and I can't say anything because it's a spoiler, but basically, yeah. Pine and Mary Mac, it escalates. Each issue is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And I was really interested in this format and a situation where it starts one way and it ends in a, sort of a terrible way. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about it for a while, and when when Boom asked me to do something, they were kind of like, we really like, I hate this place. Is there something like... Is there like something like, I hate this place. And my favorite thing for me is uh, creatively on I hate this place was that Gabby and Trudy love the hell out of each other and how much I liked being around that and how much I think happy, healthy relationships should be represented more in media because they're joyful and they're wonderful. And that's Mm -hmm. what we should want in our relationships, not drama and weird, you know, infighting. And so something I was like, oh, well, I wanted to write 
something I want to write people who love who adore each other again in terrible situations. And something about those characters being the protagonists, I was like, oh, it makes it, this this is the one this is for this plot. So I kind of had the plot for a little bit, but characters change it. Like characters change. Yeah. So so I had this escalating mystery for, that turns into horror in some ways. Nice. Um, in in my head for a while. Um, but yeah, this is so like when when we kind of like, oh, this is it. This is the way to do it. Uh, yeah, so that's the answer to that. That's the answer to that question. <laughs> no, I, one of the things that struck me immediately mm-hmm. when reading this book is I love a wife guy. Yeah. And yeah. Parker is like one of the most pure wife mm-hmm. guys we've seen in comics. It's so adulterous. rare to see this yeah. too. Like there's always some dysfunction in relationships and stories. It feels like I, yeah. I, I don't like it. And I know like, the you know, the reasons for that is that it's dramatically more interesting. But mm-hmm. to me, and again, this was, and I hate this, but I, I, I think we talked before, like, this is going to be a hard book to, to sell. Um, but I do think, like, if you, like, I hate this place, which sold really well because yeah. Eisner nominated, like, this is the vibe for you. It's the same thing. But there's something about, look at these lovely people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, like, there's so much fun. I like being around them. And then I do terrible things to them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, but the, right. to me, like, I'm so interested. Like, I think, like, the greatest act of heroism is what you will do for a loved one. You know what I mean? Yeah. How far, how far we go. The worse it gets, like, how, how much are you, like, it's just that we're in it. Like we're mm-hmm. just in it, and this is how it is, and we're going to do it together. Mm-hmm. Like the only way we're going to do it is together, and like I love that. And mm-hmm. so, sort of taking Gabby and Trudy, and sort of replicating that sort of adoring, caring people that you don't want anything bad to happen to because they're great. Um, I had someone, I had an, I had someone uh, for an interview question, and they're like, they're like, why, why, what made you choose to make Parker a, a gifts as a love language guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I didn't even think about it, but I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, and yeah, like, he's, totally. I'm like, I'm like, now I'm thinking about like as I've written three issues, I'm thinking about their love languages. I'm like, Lenny is kind of an acts and service girl, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I bet she's physical touch, a lot of physical touch. Yeah, totally. No, uh, I, I I love it. And I you we've got these like little breadcrumbs for their history together. And I was wondering, um, you know, without uh, I guess going into spoiler country, but is there any chance we'll see more of their first case together or? Are we gonna? Can we expect some sort of like references to past cases throughout the miniseries? I, I'm for sure. So, yes and no. Not that first case because I think I think it's 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 summed up so mm-hmm. like uh, so brief in its briefness. It's so perfect. But like in issue three, um, they reference an old case that's weird and hilarious, sort of. Nice. Um, and they come back around. I wanted to scatter more in. I mean, in the first issue, there's. There's an, a former case that's clearly going to be an ongoing problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 woman who was sort of uh, who who became divorced because she got caught cheating is very upset about it and also clearly unhinged. So right. that's going to be sort of an ongoing like she's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You'll see her. I, I'm trying to figure out how to get her into every issue because you don't want people <laughs> to forget about something. Yeah, because right, right. she plays she plays a, a minor but important role. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she can't be the story, but also you have to keep being like, oh, don't forget about this lady. <laughs> Um, but like little things like that, I like that. I'm representing another case in my head. Like it, there would be more of that, but it's also, you know, we're doing mini series and there's only so mm-hmm. many pages and sure. the story is like, that stuff's great. And I love that stuff. I love character stuff. And I love stuff that in, they all have history. Like, these characters existed before we met them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, how long have you guys been doing this? Like how many crazy cases, but right. also a lot of it is like, well, how much do they can do? It's like, well, her, so Linnea's thing is for those who haven't read it is like, she, her, her sister was kidnapped and murdered when she was young. So she mm-hmm. went to go to be homicide detective in the big city. And once she got in there, 
she was like, oh, murder is awful. Like, I don't like being around it. I don't like thinking right. about it. And so a lot of it's like they, they moved back to her hometown to take these cozy little safe, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So right. it's like, what's the high drama? I think you get more like, well, that's kind of a funny little story. And again, that's an issue. In issue three, I think there's a really good one, which yes. I'm going to. Everything everything happens for a reason. Like, right. this lady exists for a reason. This case that we'll mention of their past mm-hmm. is one, it, it, it's like, in. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give away my tricks, but you go. Well, that's a fun little anecdote. It's like, well, I bet it matters again later. But <laughs> sure. I can't do that. Everything I matters. Something in there that's a fun. Everything matters for me. Um, that's important because like, I think we read a lot of comics where stuff just is the throwaway or whatever, you know. And there's something to that. If it's a good throwaway, and those, mm-hmm. those things add, they add something to it. I am. I am literally. Uh, it's a psychosis. It, there's mm. nothing <laughs> accidental. If there's if there's a joke, the joke for me either says something about a character or it sets mm. something up. Or it reminds you of something that I want to make sure you don't forget, and it's a problem. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to write when you when when you can't just breeze through it. Mm. Um, every I'm very type A, and I give myself sort of room to 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 Im- improvise with like bits, like but the bits are still sort of a function. So it's like it's not even that much. Mm-hmm. It's just like all right, they say something funny. I want you to think they're charming. What is it, Kyle? It's like oh, he draws her a little picture. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, yeah. but I'm so cute. type A. It's like everything, everything happens. I drew that picture, by the way. That's my. I, I thought so. I, I could tell. <laughs> the eagle carrying I, the hot dog. I'm also, I'm also trying to figure out how to get another one of those in, just because I think it's hilarious. I love it. Um, I like the idea of Parker always being like, "Look, I drew you a picture," and he's like, "What is it?" It's like it's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So yeah. It's cute. They have like little in jokes. I mean, yeah, the name of the book, Pine and Merrimack, is the name of their detective agency, and like. Not to give anything away again, but like there's a neighbor to them yeah, that seems Jody. to matter, uh, but it does, you don't really get into it yet. So like I like that you're like seeding a, a yeah. story for later, which is really good. But then yeah. we also have incredible art from Fran Galan. Dude, Fran Galan is I'm telling you. Oh my god. Um, Fran Galan did my Creep Show, uh, the Eisner nominated Creep Show anthology, yeah. and I was so blown away because I wrote something. I'm like, this is gonna be hard for anyone to do, and I didn't. I just got the pages. Like there was no meeting, there was no back and forth. Like I just got pages, and he did things as a comic storyteller in that mm-hmm. creep show book, which I was like, "This is like literally, like I I am a terrible artist, but I pride myself on my storytelling and the yes. clarity of my storytelling when I draw. So when I write, I'm writing what I see, and sometimes I I these guys do it better. You know what I mean? They do it because they're so much better than I am. And he does these little storytelling things, and the thing I, I like this is minutia, but. There's a bit where it's a kids on bikes versus vampires thing. Mm-hmm. And um, these kids are, I'm like, the kids are talking in the room for like three panels. And the first panel, he shows them looking down from the ceiling on these kids. And one's laying on the bed on his back and he's throwing a baseball up. And then the next panel, it turns to a profile shot mm-hmm. and the kid catches the baseball. Yeah. And like, that is not something that's next, like, that's really strong storytelling because right, he's yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do fun angle stuff, but you're, you're going to know what's happening i'm going to lead yeah. you and win <laughs> and win. it's super good and so when he was like do you want to do something again i was like yeah um which is actually not even this book it's a different book oh wow um, oh, nice but, you guys are but, busy. He, but but he was like he but i was like he came up and he was like no i'll do that um i think he's so good i say this um i've been really lucky with the artists i've worked with all my entire career and early was my friends eric henderson's chris schweitzer it's easy mm-hmm. to brag about those guys um but like this year with Steve Pugh, with uh, Peter Kowalski, who did Where Monsters Lie, who was pitch perfect for that. Yeah. Um, Fernando Passerin, who did my Wild Dog book that's coming out right now, um, mm-hmm. Brave and the Bold, is so good. Fran, I, I sincerely think Fran, he feels like, I, I, the bit I've been doing is like someone is going to steal him from me. 
We're not going to get to that next book because Mark Millar or somebody is going to be like, he's mine now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be, it feels like someone really good is going to be like, well, we, we're taking him. And it's like, I hope they do. Like, I want to work with Fran. I actually, many, I want to do four books with him. Lock him in. Like, Give him $40,000 right now and lock him in. Who, who has it? Who has that? <laughs> Jesus, no one in comics. Yeah. So that's how good I think is. I really think like his storytelling is so good. And he, this one, even he was like, oh, I'm going to do like this looser. I'm not going to do it as serious. And then when he's got a script, he's like, no, I'm going to paint it. It's like, so, yeah, his choices like, of colors. What is the vibe of this book? Because it's very specific, it feels like. The colors, Man, the color I mean, usage is incredible. Yeah. And, and it, there's a thing, and, and I'm not diminishing Fran, but Chris Schweitzer, yeah. who's colored most of my books and who I've worked with twice, he does the same mm-hmm. thing with coloring where it's, it changes from scene to scene. So you know mm. clearly you're in a different scene. Right. But it also is like emotionally toned to yes. that scene. Right. And yeah. it's really hard to do. And you don't see it very much. I mean, I love working with Chris on my stuff because he does that. Mm-hmm. And I don't ask for it. It's just what he does. And it's great. Mm-hmm. And Fran's doing it, again, not ask for it. And it's so powerful and it's so emotive. I mean, listen, Fran's leading the aesthetic on this one, mm-hmm. right? So what's the tone of the book? Boom. I Because I, I think it's tough to sell because it's a slow burn. And mm-hmm. early on, you're asking, I'm asking, I hope you guys like hanging out with these people. I hope you like a little true crime. I hope you like a little mystery, a cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to escalate. And it's one of the things for sure. It's like the book, when you read it in one sitting, I think you're going to be like, what? <laughs> like amazing. Um, but um, it's a it's a weird thing where we're like, we're like, come and come and it doesn't have a cool title. It doesn't have a cool cover. I like the title. Come and, it's a classic come and hang, title. I yeah. like the title too. I've, <laughs> I've had disparaging comments. But it doesn't ask a cool, it does, it's not called like, like sex shop murder, like you're reading right, that one right, right away. That store detective. Kyle Stark's next book, Sex Shop Murder. But you're like, you're clearly like, what is? I like, I want to read that. Right. Um. Uh. I, I have a book coming out next year called Karate Prom. Like that's a title that you go, yeah. Karate I Prom, go like karate. prom, like high school oh, prom. Uh, yeah, yeah, like it's a high school wow. karate romance. I want to know but what you know that's what about. Like, it's karate prom. <laughs> it's karate prom. <laughs> that's what it you says know, on the tin. yeah. Did you go? I want to know about a karate prom, right? Yeah. Sure. The Merrimack doesn't do that. I think it sounds great, and I think it's its vagueness goes. Don't you want to know what this is? Aren't you yeah. interested? Mm-hmm. And you hope for that, but it's hard. Yeah. Um, Boom. One of the marketing people at Boom, I thought very astutely, compared mm-hmm. the book to Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo mm-hmm. and Twin sure. Peaks. And Twin I think Peaks those are really sure. astute that, ones. Yeah. Vertigo too, because it starts off very slow. It's a slow burn, mm-hmm. but by the end, it es- it's escalating. And by the end, you're like, what just happened? Like, that's insane. Yeah. But yeah. you want to spend time with those characters as you go through it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Vertigo's good. But it's like, could you imagine in 2023 having to sell Vertigo, like the movie Vertigo? <laughs> oh, my God. People are like, no. what is it about? And you're like, Who is really Alfred Hitchcock you. is what they would say. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fair, too. But it's like, yeah. how do you sell? You can't give anything away. And like, yeah, the old right. ones is like, cool music. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And look at this great type font. You know what I mean? Like, yes. sure. And, uh, well, and so it's tough. But I think Even, I do like Vertigo's good in my head. Yeah. And I'm not saying Albert Hitchcock, but it's like it's a slow burn. You like spending time with these characters. It gets worse and worse and worse. Um, but there's it's like more Rear murders Window. probably. I love Rear Window. That's probably one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Me too. Um, I, but how would you sell that? You know, how would you sell that in right. 2020? It's a, Old man in a cast. Wow. How exciting. Yeah. Hey, look at this voyeur. <laughs> you guys love voyeurs, don't you? Um, no, I, I love you, you even get some, uh, you know, a good bit of that escalation in the first issue because, you mm. know, we have some sort of, you know, some light moments between the two and then uh, we're getting to meet the characters. We're getting to understand their backstory a bit. And then we get hit with those last like two pages or so that mm. all like the, the, the palette, the tone is shifted. Yeah. And I'm, I'm literally yeah. like, where the hell are we? Like, it's, it's, it's yeah. exciting. Spooky Island. I love a spooky <laughs> island. I love um, the too. It's I sent this I sent this book out to a couple of people. It's like yeah. trusted trusted peers. 
And both of them are like, this is all the stuff I like. Weird little town, like yeah. weird little mystery, likable people. And I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a, I guess it's a genre. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know that genre, but it's like, yeah, I guess it is. Uh, and like Twin Peaks, like I don't, I don't, I'm looking around. I don't like Twin Peaks. I just don't care. It's not for me. Sure. But I do like, you know what I like? I like Northern mm. Exposure. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, let's put a murder in the Northern Exposure town. Like, then I'm here for that. Um, and Northern like, Exposure yeah. did a full Twin Peaks episode, so that kind of works. What? <laughs> we're, we're, we've been rewatching Twin Peaks, our uh, Northern Exposure, yeah, uh, which is like a billion seasons. Um, yes, yeah. Uh, and we, I guess we have not gotten to the Twin. No, it's it's like a weird fake movie thing, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I have done that. I, mean, I didn't remember it. It is yeah, so I abrupt, did. and it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I actually did see that one. Or um, like Fargo. I mean, there's a sort of a yeah, Fargo. Fargo. I love stuff like that. It's like weird characters. It's a little mystery, but you want to hang out with these characters. Um, and I think that's what it is. But it's like, what do you mm-hmm. call that? What's that genre? Somebody, uh, someone at me at the cops part. Come with that genre. So I'm trying to sell <laughs> this. Tell me what the genre. Do is. it. We we've we've talked about you know spooky islands and uh, uh, Hitchcock films. Do you have any other favorite detective stories in any medium? Movies, TV, comics. No one's gonna lie. Dramas. I'm gonna tell you my my all time my all time favorite detective. Anything is Monk. That's my all time. I love. I don't know why I thought you were gonna say Muppets, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, I know. I love them. I love Muppets. Have some good ones though. Right? Sure. Good, like, Are you excited mystery, for the new mysteries. Monk movie? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be great. I think Tony Shalhoub is genius, and that's yeah, why. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why I watched in the first place because he was my favorite like background character actor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. him and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And mm. Oliver Platt, like whenever they showed up in a movie, you're like, oh, it's about to happen. Something it's great's about to happen. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, like, has the movie been any good to this point? Doesn't matter because now it's about to get interesting. That's and how I am with do, David like... Dasmalkian now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so when he got his own show, I was like, I'm gonna watch, and I think it's he's so good in it, and it's such yeah. a good idea because that's what, it's what you want for. And I didn't do it, but I think we love a detective where it's like, um, like Poker Face, like Poker Face, or sure, where it's yeah. like uh, they have like a thing, they have like one thing, and that's what's really interesting and. And this one thing is she has an ex-MMA husband who dotes on her, who loves to murder people for when given the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no bit. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't have a bit. Right. And, um, she's just a, she's just pretty good at her job. I don't think she's, I don't know if she's even great at her job. It doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't mm. matter. Um, <laughs> she's just a detective. So it's like, to not have that one bit, but I, I thought, and it's funny, I, I can hide it because I'm doing so many interviews right now. And I'm like, I, I'm kind of surprised. And I think it has existed, but I'm so dumb. To me, the idea of like you have someone who's very sort of intellectual mm-hmm. who is doing things that are going to upset people, and many times their danger is part of the story. But it's like, like, what if they didn't have danger? What if they like right. kind of had something with them that will keep them safe? Now, I'm going to test that, of course, like wildly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the the the, the story to me. Yeah. But I didn't like. I was like, I was like, Watson are. He was in the military, right? Was he busting ass for Sherlock Holmes? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, was right. he throwing roundhouse kicks? Because I don't think he was. But if he was, I need to read some Sherlock Holmes. And I think there is a precedent for like detective with bodyguard. But it's like what I don't know what it is. I'm just, yeah. I'm just oh, dumb because I, I don't know Interesting. enough. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost certain though. there is. I'm almost certain there is because once I brought, I'm like, isn't that interesting? And I'm like, now that I think about it, I think there's a bunch of those. And again, we're being right. At me, at me. Modern detective <laughs> how dumb stories. I am. It's either like they're in danger or there's like semen everywhere. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah are there the problem like, the the like a dexter thing oh yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah, totally. in your first psych, issue like, psych he could see things remember he could see like he was like, mm-hmm. I, was, like I didn't do that and, yeah. but i do love like that's my favorite type of um but i'll tell you like it's funny i keep doing mysteries i think this is my oh, technically yeah. my third one because assassination was a mystery a bad one a terrible one 
Six Sidekicks was a mystery. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, I thought people would be interested in the mystery of why I hate this place ranch was the way it was, but no one cared. They're just like, it's spooky. That's fine. Right, and like, right, right. I was like, oh, maybe they'll try to figure it out. But they mm. didn't. Uh, and then I did a weird, crazy ending. And it's like, did you guys know it was coming? And they're like, what was that? Wasn't and, Rock, uh, Candy, Rock Candy Mountain was kind of a mystery. Rock Candy Mountain's more of a journey. I mean, the mystery, I guess, yeah. is like, why is he doing it? But that's right. just mm. story, right? Right, right. And so the thing is, like, I don't like mysteries that much, but I do, my wife loves them. Mm. And so I'm like inundated with mysteries as she's watching like sure. PBS uh, Perot or whatever. You're uh, Yeah, yeah. And it's like, the thing is, what I do like is I do like the trappings of it more than mm-hmm. the case. Like the cases don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um but I like the trappings of like these are these people and they do this little thing. Like I love that. I, I've been watching. Uh, somehow I came to this crazy late, but I've been watching Hannibal for the first time. Oh yeah, uh, the, the TV yet. series, and it really is kind of that. I'm like, I, oh, I love this vibe, and it's interesting yeah. that the cases somehow match up with whatever they're dealing with in their personal lives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. I love Hannibal. That's yeah, funny. Uh, it's fantastic. Your first issue has a missing persons case in it. Um, I'm always curious when I see this in, you know, fiction. Are you doing research on missing person cases or to make sure that you're not like copying an actual case or trying to figure out the nuances of it that can make it so special and unique? I'm I'm not because it's all it's just a plot contrivance in this mm-hmm. case. Okay. Um because it just leads to the next thing and and again, I want to I don't I don't want to do spoilers, but mm. it's going to be the type of thing where um I'm going to not use crimes. But you go, you go, you, it's, we go, oh, look, it's a, it's a, it's a sunflower seed. Mm. And the next issue is like, no, that's not a sunflower seed. It's an acorn. Mm. And then the next one you go, that's not an acorn. That's a walnut. And that's what this is. So mm-hmm. she's, gotcha. she is a missing girl, but it's bad. Um, and it right. gets worse next issue. And so the next, and then they find out. And then you delight in how bad it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit so but like for stuff like that like like um i mean uh, like i'm doing a serial killer book um mm-hmm. that's very serious um i say that and they never are no matter how hard i try <laughs> my last very serious book got an eisner for best super publication i hate this place but i like i i was very interested for a period of time about serial killers and mm-hmm. researching a lot but sometimes like it's like oh and I have to Google like, the, the research for that type of stuff. You want to make sure it's right. And it makes sense. But it's a lot of like, how do you like, how would you get caught? So like for this one, I mean, the, the research I did is, is what, what do private detectives do in 2023 basically? Gotcha. Um, Cause they don't really do missing people. They kind of do like skip tracing where they will find someone for you. Uh-huh. But like, there's not a lot of like, it's mostly the things I have, which is like insurance fraud. It's mostly them sitting in a car watching you. Like that's just the right, majority of what right. private detectives mm-hmm. do. And now they there's drones and like there's, but it's like not really anything. It's a pretty boring job, I think. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of sitting around, honestly. Yeah. Um, and there's not like fights, you know what I mean? Like you just go, you got a picture. I saw him. That guy can yeah, walk. Yeah. That's what they say. Like he right. can walk mm-hmm. fine. Um, so I did a lot of research for that because I wanted it to not be um, uh, disingenuous when I did. But there's also there's not much of it in the book, so it was like also a lot of wasted energy. <laughs> you're right, you're reminding me of the killer that recent movie based on the comic where oh. so much of it is the mur- the hitman is just sitting around waiting and bored yeah. in his mind which so i i really i i really like that part because it's like i'm like that's what they would have been doing is just sitting and waiting yes. for the right moment right um i did not like iPod. the bizarre dialogue that he's doing for the first 45 minutes of that film though i hated that Really? It's it's almost like yeah, I hate it. I theatrical hate it. cut blade runner dialogue like narration yeah. oh yeah <laughs> 
Interesting. <laughs> I, it, it, what, here's, what I, 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 here's what I don't like about it. It doesn't come mm. back around. It's not like he's yeah, doing baseball right. stats. Or he's talking about baseball, and you're like, mm. why is this guy talking about baseball so much? It never <laughs> comes back around. None of the dialogue is that good. It's like he found like a, it's like a, who's that, Fincher? Is that Fincher? Yeah. yeah. Fincher, he yeah. found like a, he found like an old almanac that had like interesting facts in it. And he just yeah, said, yeah. just read some of these. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> was this, is it relevant in any way? It's like, no. And, it, here, here, and I was talking to Matt Kent about it. We're not talking about my book. But he's like, the, I, like it, it, I would have liked that movie. I, like, I like it. Will I yeah. watch it again is like the thing. Like that, and this right. goes, we're talking about comics before this. Like, will you go back to it is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If he was just silent that mm-hmm. whole time, yeah. I would love that. Mm. Matt correctly goes, people would be like, this is boring. Yeah. And that is also correct. But for me. Yeah. My partner had go, to leave the room. She couldn't handle it. it was, she was so bored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just from him doing, and just him sitting around doing the bad talk. Because it's like ASMR narration too and it's just yeah, like it. so sleepy i like that movie too it looks so good it looks great it looks it's so good the editing is does, just masterful yeah he's great and I'm just like i don't understand because it doesn't come back around mm, <laughs> it's right, not right. like at the end you go, you go oh that's all the stuff he was talking about at the beginning now it matters right right anyway. no he's just being quirky <laughs> he's being quirky and not even like not even like uniquely quirky he's just right. like he just likes facts he just yeah, likes facts yeah. and he likes he's the like, He's like Jay well, Leno, just being like, "Here's something." Like, yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> like, I know you're bored, but like, they, you know what? They, like, even if you had him listening to like an audiobook or something, there's so many sure. other ways to me. And listen, listen, David Fincher's not getting. I'm not even trying to give him notes, and he doesn't want them for me. <laughs> no. But I say, like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed looking at that movie. Totally. And sure. literally, though, I was like, I was like texting Chris Schweitzer, and I'm like, I don't know how much. It's just the talking. I bet mm. you, if it was silent, your partner would have been like. Mm. I'm I'm bored, but I want to. It's building to something. There's a tension building to silence. Yeah, and because we're sitting here looking, and we know he's about to shoot somebody, and something about just like I don't know. I don't want to talk about David. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> we were talking like it's like I love an action movie, and it does. The second half of that movie is like a pure. It's what I want. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun, well shot, professional action movie that's mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you have to get through the first so mm-hmm. far of it. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like. Like there's the reason why he does what he does isn't set up until midway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you could show some, and I'm not saying you have to force feed people, but all that in all that space where he's talking, like at no point does he mention the female MacGuffin character. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, right. You could have mentioned that one time. Right. Not mm-hmm. you could like you could have had him have a phone call. He doesn't answer. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. a million things. Yeah. Um, and that's nitpicking. I also think probably if you're David Fincher, you're like, how much are they gonna give me? Let's just get it out. Let's just get it out. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Netflix like, money. <laughs> like how much? Like how much? How much time do we need to spend? Let's just get it out. So he's like, mm-hmm. what does they care? Yeah. Um, it was a really good movie. I recommend watching it once. Yeah, same. Yeah, I same. agree. I yeah, agree. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was, and the acting's spectacular too. Mm. Yeah. Um, for sure. You know, maybe it's because at the end of the year, and we've, we're all seeing these end of year lists pop up, but. I need to ask, have you played Alan Wake 2, the year's best detective I, video game? I haven't played Alan Wake 1. I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw someone playing it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I No, I'm... No. Okay. The only probably detective video game I've ever played was like L.A. Noir. Was that what about Grim Fandango? Oh, yeah. Huh? Grim Fandango? I did play, I did play Grim Fandango. Oh, that was my and game. Here's the thing that I'm not smart enough for those games. I, <laughs> I was so yeah. stuck. I had to have... My friend told yeah. me how to beat the. Well, I had a I had levels. a book telling me how to beat Maniac Mansion as a kid, like because I just those yeah. Lucas Arts games. I loved Mani- I loved Maniac Mansion. Somehow oh, yeah. I got through that. But there's one bit where you have to like you have to just guess something. You yeah, have, like that... go, you have to put the tentacles together. Like why would you ever do that? Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of me. I, some when was like the when Switch put out that Zelda game and everyone's like it's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm like you know what I've never been able to. I've only read my way through every Zelda game I've ever played. Yes. Where I have to and you just have to print it out off the you know, game backs. You yeah, have, like sheets. I'm like I'm not. 
I'm not a smart guy. I've never been like, let me tell you how smart I am. Like, yeah. I've never figured out a Zelda. Never like, it's open world. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm not falling for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it, and then you <laughs> add physics puzzles into it, and I'm just like, I can't I'm do not... that. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely had see... to look up things for Tears of the Kingdom. I put so uh, much I, uh, so much time into it, and then I see people building just full steam engines and guns. Freaking Tie Fighters! <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> Jesus! I can't I can't do it, man. I couldn't even figure out you had to like hit the mass fighters and they'd spin around, and I couldn't figure that out. You know what I mean? Like how am I gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. build a missile? I can't. <laughs> I'm not a smart guy. <laughs> I, tell I don't know. I don't know, story. Kyle. Pine and Merrimack is well written, so I think you have to be smart to do something like. I'm good this. at this, I'm good at this one thing, but it's it's also like you know you write what you know. Mm. Uh, again, I, I've been doing so many interviews, so you kind of like you're like, oh, this came up before. And I'm thinking about it. It's like, sure. like I love like uh, I'm I'm in my big two phase in some ways, right? Uh-huh. And um, with Peacemaker and Wild Dog and Marvel Unleashed, and there's more DC stuff coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like though, it's like the characters that I like, I couldn't write. Like I really like Hank Pym. Yeah, but I like my version of Hank Pym. Mm. I like science adventure red jumpsuit Hank Pym, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like I could never write Hank Pym though because he does smart guy stuff. <laughs> like at some point he's gonna be like he's gonna be like you know what this is and this is something that interests me as a smart guy and i'm like, <laughs> and I'll be like i don't know i don't know what it is i have no Kyle, idea. why is Are he talking about pringles and how they get into the can like i'm telling you like my interest would be the stuff and, and then he'd be like okay guys this was great now i'm gonna go do my science job and yeah. he just walks off panel and it's like he's out there sciencing guys and like we never see it we never explain it like, yeah, he comes was... back he's like Ooh, i sure i'm tired from being at my science job all day and they're like what did you do and he's like some real serious science science and like, that's yeah. Why yeah, Hank yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... i could never do it that's essentially what happened when we had ryan north on to talk about I... fantastic who Four. can do it right oh my god because i was just like he's like a genius he would, with that stuff we would say like yeah how did you come up with this idea and he's like well actually it's a theory that goes back to 1975 and he would go into like quantum physics and it and also yeah. took a lot of work to get all of these things into the book. Like he talked about, he's probably putting three times as much effort just to get each issue. Well, we're just looking work. at it. We're looking at him smiling and we're like, that's so smart. <laughs> he's a genius. What? Yeah. He's really yeah, smart. He's a really, he's a really smart guy. For what's worth, never remembers me when I, I've met him like six times with oh, Erica. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but no, when I saw he was on FF, I'm like, that's who you want. You want someone who can, yeah, yeah, who's, right, a, yeah. who's a good storyteller. I love character stuff. He's great at character stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a, like he knows how to do a jaunt, and he yeah. knows the smart guy stuff. Because yeah. the best Reed Richards stuff, the best FF stuff is when it's science adventures. Yes, and totally. that would be true for Hank Pym. Like my version is he's like he's he's Hank Pym superhero bachelor, like just mm-hmm. trying to replace Janet. You know what I mean? Just constantly going on dates with other superheroes. <laughs> that sounds like, awesome, I, though. I would I'd read that. I know, but at some point he has to do the science. He's at some be a point, science the science man. must happen. And I just go on WebMD and look something up, and then just you know, back yourself <laughs> into it. Someone, I'll be like, I'll be like, I, there's something interesting about how he shrinks. I should figure it out. It's like, where do you go to? Right. And I'm just looking at. I'm typing. What happens when you shrink? You know right. what I mean? Like, Heart it's like small. nothing comes. Nothing. Like, you get tiny. It's like, oh shit, that's not. And it's like, are bugs? Do bugs see things different? And they're like, yeah, they could have their eyes. I'm like, that's not what I mean. <laughs> give me something I can use that sounds smart. Yeah, yeah. Right. Usually, give me a give me a five syllable word, and people will be like, oh, that's smart. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Just smart. lovable dummies. Just lovable dummies is all I, I got. I, <laughs> well, speaking of lovable dummies, uh, Peacemaker tries hard. Mm. Such a blast, and Thank with you. six issues under your belt. Do you feel like you've come to a new understanding with the character? Uh, no, I mean, be, only because like that character is the show. It's the same character because mm-hmm. that thing should exist. Um, 
again, a story I tell a lot. I was watching that show and I'm like, I love it. I love James. I, yeah, I, I refer to myself as a D plus James Gunn because I think he, he does what I do. <laughs> he just does it really oh. well and for a lot of money, which is it's kind of a big dummy. It's it's mm. it's it's fallible people doing mm-hmm. big spectacle things. And then you feel something at some point like that's my that's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's the stories I like to consume. And I try to make them stories. You try to make those stories exist. D plus totally. James Gunn. That's what I'm going to call myself from here on. Um, so you'd write a really great like, thing watching... story then, I think. What, what's that? I think you'd write a really good thing story. A big dummy. You know I, I, lo- I love the thing because he's a blue collar guy yeah. who just goes to work and he's a simple, he's a yeah. simple, fallible guy. And those are my, they're my favorite. I love D-Man. Um, that for, he, he's very much that. And D-Man, there's a version that's the sort of, here's what we, he's homeless and he smells and he's dumb. It's like, that's not D-Man. He's awesome. Neither here yeah. nor there. But, so I'm watching, I mean, I'm watching Peacemaker and I'm like, this is my jam. I love an action movie. I love mm-hmm. a big dummy who is trying to spite himself, who's, yes. who knows his shortcomings. Um, but I thought they did a lot of really interesting things to make that character. He's very modern, I think, because he he is himself and he hates himself a little bit because he knows yeah. he's kind of a dickhead. Mm-hmm. But also he's, he's very he's very sort of entrapped by his machismo but also mm-hmm. he's very accepting of all different peoples and he, even accepting of his own failures and that's very mm-hmm. modern it's a very modern mindset i think that i think is very interesting to have this guy who's hyper violent and that because that's how he only knows one hyper way macho. he only knows one way to do things yeah he only knows one way to do things and he's trying to always build himself up because he's so insecure sure and so like all these sort of facades but also it's like this is the only thing i know is shooting and killing you but he's also like, but you're cool. Like you're cool and you're cool. Like you're cool. You be you. <laughs> sure. I don't like it. He's like, I don't like it, but it's cool. I like it. And that's so modern. I, and I think that those types of fallible characters, I think we, they're so endearing that they, we can sympathize. And there's mm-hmm. a more of an immersion. Cause you're like, like I said, I'm very much, I'm so character driven. Cause I think the most thing to me, when I watch a story or, and this is the killer is kind of that opening is kind of a perfect example of that I, my thing is I want to spend time with these people. Right. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean I like them, but they're interesting. If they're if they're unlikable, they're interesting enough. I'm like, I want to see what this guy's going to do whenever a situation yeah. comes up. And so, Peacemaker is that. And so I'm watching. I'm like, it's great. And the my the origin for that, which is not how it works, kids. Uh, disclaimer is that one of one of my friends tweeted, "Hey DC, why isn't there a Peacemaker comic and why isn't Kyle Starks writing it?" And when he tweeted <laughs> that, and I'm tagged in it, yeah, I yeah. go, I thought I could write that. Mm, like this is yeah. the one superhero story. I could do this. Like I could mm. do a really good job. And so I retweeted it like, ha ha. And I literally like, ha ha DC call me. And someone called me, which isn't how it works. That's, That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. And then they put Steve Pugh on. It's like, it, to me, cause I was like, I can, this oh, is the book man. that yeah. it's perfectly suited for me. Cause I do big dummies. I do comedy. That's action. I do spectacle. And then <laughs> you feel something. I'm like, I can, I can nail this. And so, you know, we did a pitch and they took it. And then Steve Pugh is the same. Like, I don't think you could ask for a better, He's it's perfect so casting. Really and, good. And I say, I get, I say humbly, I think that book's a classic. I think we made something really special. Yeah. I think it's funny. It's heartfelt. It has great emotional beats. I think it's a lot of fun. Like it's a jaunt. And I think comics should be fun. Yeah. Um, not always, but I think they should mostly be fun. You should be yeah. like, that was dope. Even if you're like, that made me, that made me cry. That was dope. <laughs> this one was awful. It made me hate and scared. It, it's dope. Um, I love how you're mimicking people can't see you but you're mimicking holding a comic and then throwing it out of excitement so excited about it so excited but I I, I, because you know at the end you you sort of I I I don't remember things past like I mean I wrote that book 
last year, right? Yeah. And so I get the pages, and then you do the lettering. But it's like you're, then they're 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 months apart after being a, six months apart. And yeah. but then I reread the whole thing, and I'm like, passing. I was like, I was like, no, this is really like this, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I say humbly. I say humbly. I think you have to be objective about your work. That's the only way you get better. But mm-hmm. Steve is. Steve was perfect for that book. And and again, I said that earlier, I've been very lucky because I think Peter Kowalski was perfect for Where Monsters Lie. And to sort of have that, I, and Fran, I think, is so talented. He's perfect for everything. But mm-hmm. I think he's especially perfect for me. Stay with me, Fran. Don't. He doesn't speak English. <laughs> he can't, even if he heard this, he wouldn't know what I was talking about. But um, It's funny. Uh, but yeah, the same thing happened to Christian Ward. He did that art of Batman Cthulhu, and then all of a sudden now it's a book. So just... I guess apparently tweet stuff and tweet at DC. When you it's can. the secret. <laughs> Oprah was right. No, I, you know, it, 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 uh, whenever people ask me for advice, which listen, ask, ask Tinian for advice. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I always say, I always say, you know, make, make the thing you want to exist yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. then make, make people see it. Cause like, mm-hmm. why did you make it for you? made it for people to see it in my case for, for people to consume like, um, I, I do this bit and I say a lot, but it, it's true. And I have to, I hate that. I also do like all, all these things I make, all these stories I make, cause I want them to exist. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky. I've, I've, I, 99% of my work I did because it was what I wanted to do. I was given the opportunity. Right. Um, Marvel unleashes the pet Avenger story. I wanted to tell, yeah. right. That peacemaker story is a peacemaker story. I want to tell, but I want to tell more peacemaker. So it's, there's a sure. trick to it, but like I make these stories to be consumed. I want to entertain people and make them feel something. I want to take, 20 minutes out of your terrible, awful, dark world to be like, wasn't that fun for like 20 minutes? We had fun. Yeah. We were entertained. And so you make these things not for the void, but for people to consume. All you want is for people to consume them. Yeah. And I say that and people are like, yeah, and more money. Like, I listen, obviously it's nice that it's my job, but it's not even that. It's like, you just want these stories to be consumed. And that's how I feel about Peacemaker. I feel like, like this is, this is, it's a good superhero story. It's a great Peacemaker. For people who watch that show, that's all that exists is those eight episodes or whatever. Sure. It's like, here's more of it. Yeah. And also, I think it's really good. I think it's a, I think it's something that you always go, man, you know what's funny? I want people to always go, you know what's funny? You know what a funny comic book was? It was Peacemaker Tri-Star. They'd be like, oh my God. And then there was those last two issues, what happened? And they're like, yeah, that's, that made me cry. That sucked. But you're like, it's so funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think sincerely we did that, but it's it's that jet it's that perfect sort of jest. Like if it wasn't CPU, I can't say mm. that one hundred percent would have been yeah. the case. Artists are so we, important. Artists are important, and when you're doing comedy, you want an artist who's oh, not. Oh God, yeah. If you do a superhero thing and they're hamming it up, people are out. Yeah, they're like it's a gag comic. It's visual. It doesn't feel and and there's sure. exceptions like Sergio Aragonés is always good. Right. But like, if Sergio Aragonés drew this book, it would be silly. You know what I mean? It's like it's not sure, a silly sure. book. It's it's an entertaining, amusing book. And Steve Pugh does a thing where it's like, look, look, hey guys, you're reading a superhero book. Look at it. It's superheroes. And yeah, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I wanted. And because and uh, Fernando Pastor on Wild Dog played everything straight. And I was like, because he asked me, he's mm-hmm. like, do you have any notes? I was like, play it straight. It, like, it's funny what they're saying. It doesn't need to be like the situation's funny. Yeah, like, yeah you don't yeah, need yeah. to do anything more than that. It's better that it looks like what you want um, as a consumer. So you take those things into account. Anyway, that's me uh, getting tangential, I think. But <laughs> Well, it's um, similar to I, your Wild Dog story in The Batman, The Brave, and The Bold, uh, which I think was last week uh, it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that art is like, hyper-detailed and realistic. It's so and, good. But then mm-hmm. the tone of it, because of the way you write Wild Dog is so great. What what makes Wild Dog so fun to write, do you think? Um, I It's all it, it's also that James Gunn thing is that no one cares about... I like Wild Dog. Um, <laughs> I, sure. I, those That first four issues I adore. You know, he was in Action Comics for like a... Uh, I think Action Comics yeah. was the backup for like a million years. I love yeah. Wild Dog, but if you've ever read those four issues and 
again, I love those four issues, but they are it's so weird because it's supposed to be this mystery that you don't care about like, who's wild dog and he's fighting Christian mm-hmm. terrorists. He's kicking them in the nuts and yeah. shooting with a submachine gun. It's bombastic. And it's clear. Like it's, it's, it seems like I say it's clear, but DC was like, we got to get a punisher. Like, let's get someone yes. in there to make a punisher. And that sure. guy was like, what if I put him in the Midwest? Yeah. And yeah. what if the punisher ass. was Casey Jones? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it misses the point. It's like, it's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it misses the point in like a really interesting way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I've always loved wild dog. Um, the, kind of first thing I did in comics, I did a fan comic a million years ago, which was Wild Dog. Um, so it's a weird cir- circular thing. Nice. Yeah. So the thing about Wild... In fact, I'll tell you, I tell it because I think it's interesting. I think I had like 75 Twitter followers, like maybe. And I was like, I said, I tweeted, if I get 250 Twitter followers, I'll do a Wild Dog fan comic. And somehow uh, Tom Spurgeon, RIP, I guess, I don't know how he saw it. And I guess he just loved Wild... He retweeted me. And mm-hmm. so I thought 250, like it took me years to get to 75. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And, but it happened like a couple hours. So I was like, yeah, I gotta wow. figure this thing out like right now. Sure. And this is this is that version, which is which is very peacemaker adjacent. Because yeah. he is he is just a normal guy in the Midwest of superhero universe. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where there's Metropolis and there's Batmans and there's Lex, you know, where there's aliens landing. And he lives in Quad Cities, Iowa. <laughs> and just think like there's kind of a dummy like you like e- either there's a there's like a there's, there's a method to that madness or you're just kind of a dummy who just was trying to do good in the world and like yeah. that's my version of wild dog right totally. he's, he's like he's like this is my little thing and i'm going to keep it safe and um uh and like so so there's and i dude, i'm so there's three stories also we find i got the last one it's fun it's fun and it's amusing and it's a good comic story um awesome I wanted to, I wanted to, cause like there's not much wild dog stuff. So I, in, in ways I wanted to um, pay tribute to what uh, Beatty and Max on comics did, uh, Max, Max on Collins, where it was a mystery that no one cared about, which is who is mm-hmm. wild dog. But in this case, a, a quote, air unquote, minor supervillain has decided to take over the Midwest because why wouldn't someone at some point be like, where's the easy pickings? Like, Fuck Gotham. <laughs> Why we're not going back to Gotham anymore. Right. I'm tired of getting beat up by Robin. Exactly. Let's just go to Quad City, <laughs> Iowa. Like there's nothing there. They have sure. banks. You know what I mean? Like they got banks there. Yeah. Um, and so I really like the idea and, I, and to have that to have that sort of bad mystery of like who's the villain? Mm. And like in my head, it's like it's like it's gonna be on the Reddit. They're gonna be like, Who do you think the villain is? And no one's gonna care. But the thing <laughs> is, like that was like the book. No one cared either. Like no one cared who Wild Dog was. Mm. Like there wasn't even clues. There wasn't right. like they they didn't pepper clues. Right. They'd be like, I think it might be this guy. At the end, they were like, I recognize your shoes. That was <laughs> that was it. And it so was like, less of a who done it and more of just like a a romp. He done it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a romp. And but yeah. the, the idea that there's like something more, I always liked. And so like yeah. I kind of want to do that in this, where it's like, who's the villain? Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's hard to figure out who. It, I don't think it's even like. I don't think it's that hard to figure out, which is going to be the real reason why I'm like, why is no one talking about it? It's like, <laughs> you can tell who you can tell who it is. I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> um, so fun. Uh, but dude, yeah, Fernando Pastorin's like unbelievable. I've been so lucky with artists. Like he, every page, I'm like, what is this? And he's so funny. He's like, guys, I feel I've been not feeling well, so I'm sorry these pages are so like bad. And I'm like, what is he talking what? about? They're insanely good. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. They're the best. Like they're so good. Um, and you know, Piotr, Steve, they're all different. Yeah, mm-hmm. Fran. They're all so different, but it's like they're sure. all so good. I've been really lucky. I hope next, I hope I do this every year. Where I'm like, I've been so lucky with these artists, guys. I'm working <laughs> quietly now. You know, oh man, mm. God, quietly would be amazing. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. I'd be like, no. He'd be like, you want to work? I'd be like, no. Just no. set the entire <laughs> book inside of a baseball stadium, so he has to draw forever as many people as possible. <laughs> 
That's funny you um, say that because the last, uh, the third part of this wild dog is in a football stadium. <laughs> oh, nice. So right I bring on, this yeah. up to guests all the time, but when we had Ryan Stegman on, I asked him, what's the one thing you hate to draw? And he said, inside of a baseball stadium. Um, yeah. He wanted to but kill you know himself. It's, you know, it's, it's so funny because when we got these, I got these pages from Brennan. In that regard, mm-hmm. he's drawing like every person. And I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, you just kind of do like, like a circle, like a bump. Sure, you know sure, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, it, yeah. You just have to imply. You, like, you yeah, don't have yeah, to draw yeah. all of them. And I didn't think about that. And I did, You when you read it, you'll see how there's a plot contrivance where he doesn't have to draw them. He still kind of drew them. And I'm wow, like, you don't have to. Great. I did a thing. Perfectionist. <laughs> I, actually, I tried to make it so you didn't have to do all that. And he's like, uh, mm, we're in it now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, funny. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Bicycles. Bicycles are tough. Bicycles, horses is another horses, one I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I always horses hear. Horses yeah. aren't so bad. Horses aren't so bad. Bicycles don't have all the spokes. True. <laughs> that's true. And we're um, having someone riding a bicycle isn't even hard. Like ride, just a bicycle by itself. Oh, like yeah. The motion and everything, too. Yeah. yeah. I I might be good. I have daughters, so I've drawn some horses in my time. I might have a, <laughs> sure. a leg up. They're, they don't look like horses, but that's me. I can't help that. That's a tiger, man. <laughs> that's a giant cat. No. It's like it's a, it looks like a weird dog. It's like a weird dog every time. Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. up with this dog's knees? Like these, that's how dog knees look like. Oh, it's a horse. Is that look what your is that what your children say? What's up with these dogs' knees? Yeah, that's exactly what they say. Uh, so uh, while we're talking about Peacemaker and Wild Dog, if Pine and Merrimack had to take on a case with either of them, would they take it? If they were like teaming up, yeah. I think I think Parker would would kind of be down for either. He'd be like, these guys seem all right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Linnea would not like Peacemaker because he's mm-hmm. so gruff and she's kind of a classy lady who doesn't mm-hmm. have time for like macho bullshit. Sure. Um, I think I think Wild Dog is. I don't think I I think Wild Dog, despite sort of being a real dummy, is probably be more tolerable. And they are kind of it's kind of the small town thing. So I think it'd probably mm-hmm. be Wild Dog. Makes sense. Nice. Yeah. But they would be like, this mask is weird. Through the whole day, be like, the mask. <laughs> yeah, something's wrong with that dude. Something, something, yeah. uh, there's a screw loose, I think. Um, yeah, well, is... Kyle, uh, Pine and Merrimack comes out January third. FOC is tomorrow. Uh, get your orders yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Well, when this recording yeah, goes do up it. Uh, on yeah, Sunday, yeah, I figured. Uh, thank you so much for being on the APT Cubs podcast. Is there anywhere where folks should uh, seek you out on socials or websites and whatnot? I, I'm I'm at the Kyle Starks everywhere. I'm easy to find. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Go to bit. Go. Here's what I say. Here's the best way to. Here's, here's my bit. It's so awful. Do it. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Could you wrap this up with like a really corny, like ham, like sort of hammy bit? Yeah, I got you guys. Hold on. That's crazy. <laughs> your twin, that was your twin talking, right? Behind the camera. Here's what I, here's what, Hey guys, if you if you really if you want to find me, here's what you do: you go to, you go to your shop and you go, "I want to buy everything you have by Kyle Starks." Mm-hmm. And even if they have six copies of the same book, it's a great Christmas present. You can give them away as a Christmas present if they only have Stocking old heads. Stuff they yeah, just be like, "Listen, everyone's getting old heads this year. They're going to love it. It's a lot of fun." Um, <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I'm at the Kyle Starks everywhere. I, I'm on the who. I think all my books are all of my creator and stuffs on Hoopla, and I'm here for that. Just read it. Mm-hmm. Like I think I sincerely think if people read a book of mine that they'll like it. But the mm-hmm. trick is, as I said, to get people to read it. And I think with yeah. Pine and Merrimack, that's another one. I think that first issue is a banger. I think it's yeah. really charming. I think it's really fun. I think you want to spend time with these people and see what happens next. And that's what you want to do with an issue. So I'm like, please, 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 just go read it. Hey, read it on the shelf. Read it on the shelf at the shop. <laughs> don't let them see you. Because here's the thing. I think even if you go, I don't know about the story, you're going to be like, this art is Unreal. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't wait, because it's going to get worse. He's going to draw some crazy stuff. 
It's going nice. to get weird and crazy. That's a promise, folks. Brand's going to get, I'm excited. It's a promise. So thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. It's a real honor. Um, I oh, say it all you. the time on all these podcasts, but you guys are the only one selling my stuff that's not a retailer. You're mm-hmm. the only marketing we have. You're the only promotion we have. I'm incredibly thankful um, to have an opportunity to, to speak to your audience about my stuff. And very often, you guys have already spoken about my stuff, which is like priceless. Um, and so, yeah, thank you guys. Um, thank you thank for the you. audience. Thanks for reading. Thanks for comments. Thanks for everything. Thank you, everyone.